Thank you for tuning in to Living Life with Purpose, a ministry of Florida Bible Church in Miramar, Florida. At Florida Bible, we believe that life is preparation for eternity and hope this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. More information about Florida Bible can be found at www.floridabible.org. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the people that you've brought. And God, I pray over just the next couple of minutes that you just pour out on us. God, I have no idea what the room lacks this morning. I don't know if we're having a great day or the worst day of our life. But God, I know that you are in the midst of us this morning. And you are offering us life and life to the fullest. And God, my prayer, my heartbeat, I'm pleading and I'm begging you. Do not allow me to speak this morning. God, it's got to be your words and your voice speaking through me. God, on my own, I have nothing to offer. And God, I, I just want to sit here and confess and, and plead that I have no agenda this morning other than to let you use me. And God, I pray this morning, regardless of whatever baggage we might be holding on to, that we could just let go of it long enough to maybe fill our life with you. God, I'm asking you to flood this place this morning. God, give us whatever it is that we need. God, if it's confidence, pour it on us. God, if it's patience, pour it on us. If it's peace, pour it on us. If it's healing, pour it on us. Whatever it is this morning. God, we are begging you and we are asking you, open the floodgates of heaven and just pour. God, use us this morning to glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen. According to Webster's Dictionary, the word saturate means to fill completely with something that permeates or pervades. To load to capacity and beyond. I want to ask you this morning, the question I want us to dwell on this morning is, what fills your heart? What fills your heart? Man, what is it in your life that fills your heart? I don't know if it's possible to get the slides up or not, but I would like that to be there. If we can do that, that'd be awesome. What is it that fills your heart? What is that one thing that you're passionate about? Because here's what I know. Whatever fills your heart leads your life. Whatever it is that fills your heart this morning leads your life. And what I'm asking you is, what did you wake up this morning going, man, I love that. What did you go to sleep last night thinking about? What is that one thing that just burns inside of you and without hesitation you were on board and you were doing it? Maybe for some of us we're athletes and uh, it has been like a whirlwind for Miami here the last couple of days, hasn't it? Uh, I woke up on Thursday and uh, I I was anticipating this big announcement or or whatever day that was. I think it was Thursday. Anticipating this big announcement and and I went out to dinner with my wife. We celebrated six years of marriage yesterday and uh, so yeah, it's a great moment for us. She needs the applause more than me. She's the one that deserves them. Um, but we did. We celebrated that moment. We got to go out to dinner, and we had a great night together, and I was kind of iPhoning at the same time, wondering what LeBron's decision was going to be. And I was sitting there going, it's got to be the Heat. It can't be the Knicks. It can't be Chicago. They don't deserve them. The Heat needs the championship. And so I was sitting there depending on you know LeBron coming on board, and he finally did, and I thought I was crazy fanatic. And then I went home and turned on the TV the next day, and I found out at 3 o'clock in the morning, a dozen or so fans stood at an airport, hoping that they were right on a Twitter feed that he was coming in town. 
And they literally, at 3 o'clock in the morning, faces painted. They were screaming and yelling, shaking their jerseys. They were going crazy because they were in love and they were fanatic and they were passionate about King James. And then on Friday night, they had a big celebration where he came out. And everywhere he goes, you see him kind of stretching and showing himself off. And everybody's aware of who he is. People are chanting, King James, King James. And I thought to myself, wow, as great as it is, what if the kingdom of God started shouting King Jehovah, King Jireh, man, King of glory, King of majesty? What would our world be like today? Folks, what fills your heart? What are you passionate about? What is that one thing that you cling to and you just can't let go of? What is that one thing that you're going, man, I don't care what's on the plate today. I'm doing it. If you're an athlete, you're the guy that's going, I don't care if I'm 50. I can run the court. Give me the ball. I'm playing. Maybe you're a business person this morning. You're going, man, I'm passionate about my company and I wake up and I think about it and I want to be with clients and I want to make sure I do whatever I can do because I need to get the deal because business is what I'm about. Maybe you wake up and you're a student in here and you go, man, I'm about school and I'm about going and I want—I can't wait for school to start again because I need to show the whole world that I'm capable of getting A's on everything. I, I don't know this morning you're going, man, I'm a family guy and I want to wake up and spend the rest of my days with my kids. I don't know if you're sitting going, I'm passionate about retirement. I've worked the last 60 years to get it. I'm here. I'm passionate. It has my heart. Folks, here's what I know. Regardless of what makes you tick. Regardless of what you get excited about, regardless of what your heart beats for, whatever you're passionate about, regardless of what it is, we're all different. The one thing that remains constant, whatever it is that's grabbed your heart, is leading your life this morning. Whatever it is that has squeezed you, it has grabbed you, and you are walking with it, it is leading you this morning. And the question I want to ask you is, what is that thing in your life that has grabbed your heart? What is that one thing in your world that has grabbed you and you cannot say no to? Notice I didn't say what has grabbed your mind. Man, there's a whole lot of things in this room tonight that we understand and make sense to us. I'll give you a simple, basic illustration. I get and understand math. I'm the guy at the table when they're asking how much do we tip. I'm the guy, like, I'm like the human calculator when it comes to tips. And, and I make sure, what do you want, 20%, 15%, 25%, what do you want? And I'm giving it to you because I'm about the math. I get it. It makes sense. It's logical. But I guarantee you this. It does not lead my life. I do not wake up in the morning going, I cannot wait to compute some numbers. It, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me. It doesn't make or break my day. I don't care if I get the answer wrong. It doesn't matter to me. It's just math to me, but it makes sense. Some of us this morning, salvation's the same way. God's the same way. It makes sense to us. We understand why we need a Savior. We get it. We know that we're messed up and we're dirty, and we know that He's perfect and He can't receive us that way. So He sent His Son to die on a cross for us, and we need to believe in our heart, confess with our mouth about that, have faith, and He'll give us the mercy and the grace that we deserve. That makes sense to us. We get that. But it doesn't mean it's grabbed our life. You see, folks, what makes sense in your mind doesn't always lead your life. But guarantee what grabs your heart has lead your life. What's grabbed a hold of you on the inside is leading your life. The thing you're passionate about, the thing you're excited about, the thing you cannot say no to leads your life. Man, I'm the youth pastor here at Florida Bible, those of you that don't know me, and uh, I all the time get offer, offers from our students to go play paintball. 
Here's an illustration for you. And, and I get paintball. It makes really good sense to me. I am completely aware of what paintball is. And if you're not, I'll help you understand it. This is what paintball consists of. It's a little gun that averages anywhere from $100. If you don't get 100 or better, you might as well not even go because pumping your paintballs out there is not going to work. All right, so you've got to spend at least $100 or more. Some guys have all the way up to $1,000 guns, and they go out and play this game. And so it's a little metal gun that rages about this big. Then they put a barrel on it anywhere from this big to this big, and they go out with these little tiny paintballs and a gun loaded with CO2 or air. And what they do is they go out there and they shoot these little balls of paint, which don't feel good when you get hit with them because they get them chrono as fast as they can get them going and they get them moving as hard as they can get them moving. So they make sure when you get hit, you know you're hit. And so you go out into this field in like dark clothes and uh, you better wear dark clothes and dark clothes and you got sweatpants on. And when I go, I'm laid with like five shirts because I'm a baby and I don't like to get hit and I don't like to feel pain. And so I got a sweater on and t-shirts on and jeans and a pair of sweatpants and a, a mask and I'm fully geared. I'm out there in this heat and I'm just dripping sweat and I'm hiding behind bushes and, and I'm digging through the dirt and all of a sudden I get nailed with paintballs from every angle and the goal is to shoot everybody else before they shoot you. And then when you're the last man standing, you've won. And you would think you'd get something, but you know what they do? They high-five each other and they hightail it back into the woods to play again. And that's really the basis of the game. It makes sense to me. I get it. But I guarantee you when that student calls me, I make any excuse in the world not to go play that game. I hate that game because I'm always the guy that they're looking for, like five. You're supposed to get shot once and you're out. They shoot me like seventh. Sorry, Pastor Don, I didn't know. I hate that game. And I would rather be told I have to stay and work extra hours every day for the rest of my life than go play paintball. I hate it. But here's what I know. Man, you know why? Because for me, I'm not passionate about it. I'm not excited about it. it doesn't, I don't love it. I don't enjoy it. It's not me. But if you were to come to me this morning and say, hey, listen, I've got four extra tickets. You can take them. They go to Disney. But here's the deal. They're no good after today. I guarantee you, before you could tell me they were no good after today, I would have already taken them, told my boss, told the people around me, canceled my appointments, told my wife to get the boys ready, because we're going. Because I'm about my boys. I'm about spending time with them. I'm about doing that. I like standing in line at Disney and watching my son go, wow, this is the most amazing place in the whole world. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I eat and I sleep and I drink that. I enjoy those moments. I love my family. And there is nothing in my agenda that could keep me from saying yes there's nothing, it doesn't matter who I was meeting with. Well, you know, I do have to meet with someone. I don't care who I'm meeting with. You just gave me a chance to do what I love, to do what I'm dreaming about and what I'm passionate about. And the whole reason I even work is to spend time with them and make my life with them better. And so I would take it. Folks, what is that one thing in your life that you're offered that you could sit back and go without hesitation, without thought, without anything in the world, you could sit back and go, yes, I'll do it. Because whatever that is has grabbed your heart. And without a doubt, whatever grabs your heart is leading your life. Folks, notice this morning, I'm not asking you what saturates your life. I'm not asking you, is your life saturated? Because everyone in this room is saturated with something. We are full of something. We are vessels and we are wide open and we are filling our lives with something. The question I want to dwell on is what is that something? What is that one thing that you are just dwelling on and it is making you and it is taking you wherever you go? Because here's the deal. The world is offering us all kinds of fake intimacies. It's offering us all kinds of joys and loves and it's giving us all kinds of things to search for. But here's what I know. This is the way God intends our life to look. It's just a simple glass with water in it. And David cries out. He says, please, God, 
purify my heart. God, give me a renewed steadfast love for you. And God is going, man, I want your life to be pure. I want you to be beautiful and flawless and blameless. Man, I want you to be as perfect as you can be. But at the same time, as God is desiring that for your life, the world's going, no, it's about money. Take it and you'll love it. And we begin to buy into it. And all of a sudden, our whole picture of our life begins to drop and just get cloudy and diluted and polluted today. And folks, maybe you're here and you have bought into that business world saying, well, it's about the business. And if I don't do the business, then I can't survive. And You've bought into it and you've filled your life with it. Maybe for you, you're one of those people that it's all about you and your sport or what's going on in your world and you've bought into that selfishness and man, you have just diluted, polluted, made your whole world a blurry picture. And somehow that's the way you've become. And what I want to do is ask you this morning is what fills your heart? And if you're going, man, I don't know what leads my heart. I I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. I want to spend just a few minutes this morning helping you and I understand what does it take for Jesus to saturate us? What does it take to make ourselves in the presence of God and be what fills us and fills our life this morning? And here's what it says in Psalms 1. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Folks, what a beautiful picture. Man, we all know the life of a tree is dependent on the water that it gets. Man, if somebody gives me a plant and I don't water it, it dies. Man, and Jesus is saying, hey, listen, this is what you need to do. Man, follow me. Obey, obey me. Come inside. Come allow me to lead you. He says, man, I want to plant you by streams of living water. And no matter what happens, whether it's a dry day or a rainy day or it hasn't rained forever, that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter why, because living water is flowing through you. Therefore, whatever you put your hand to, you will prosper. Amen? And what I want to ask you is, is the living water what's flooding on you this morning? Man, are you being saturated by the very presence of God? Is he what you're looking at today going, God, fill me. God, use me. Linwood gave us a chance to stand up on our own, and I don't know if anybody did because I was in the front, but I just wanted to stand and scream and go, God, please be what fills me. And I wonder, is anybody else's cry that this morning? What's filling your life? Because whatever's grabbed your heart is leading your life. I want to give you three really quick things. That I believe if we begin to grab a hold of and we begin to saturate ourselves with, we will leave today being more full of God than what the world is offering us. First thing, I think we need to saturate ourselves with awareness of his presence. The word awareness here means to have knowledge or be conscious of. Are you conscious of the presence of the king? Seriously, how much knowledge and how much consciousness do you have of the presence of the Savior? Man, how aware are you of what he's doing? Man, when you woke up this morning and you walked outside, did you look at creation and take it for granted? You go, God, I see your face. Man, I see your beauty and your extravagant work. Man, did you roll over and see your, your wife or your husband and go, man, God, I am so blessed because I can just see your work in hand. God, I know that you're here and I know that you're alive. Maybe that piece of technology that you took for granted this morning, did you look at it and go, man, God, I know you gave us this. God, you made this. This is all you. Man, when's the last time you were aware of what God was doing? Folks, do you have any idea? What God's doing in your life and in the life of people around you today. Our awareness with him is crucial to living that life that he intends for us. It tells us in John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branch. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Man, the Bible saying, hey, listen, 
I want to walk with you and I want you to walk with me. And when that happens, that's when your life begins to prosper. That's when your life begins to bear. I wonder, are you walking in? Is God walking with you? Or are you trying to figure out what your next step is rather than going, God, please take me, flood me, saturate me. God, take me beyond capacity. Fill me beyond my limits. Overflow in my life this morning. Saturate me. And maybe you're here going, John, I don't even know what that awareness looks like. I don't know how to develop that. I don't know what I should be looking for. I want to give you just a couple points that I think will help us. And there's a million of them, but here's three. Number one, awareness comes from worship. Our awareness of him comes from worship. I'm not just talking about singing songs. The word worship means giving worth, showing value. How much worth and value does Jesus have in your life? I mean, how much worth do you show him? How much value do you show him? Man, how much do you look at God and go, God, you are so valuable in my world. God, you are so worthy and you are so great. I am nothing without you. I am, I am desperately in need of more of you because it is you that has made me who I am. God, it's not me. It's you who lives in me. I am worthy of you. Man, in worship, a part of it is singing. And I wonder over the last 20 minutes as we sang, did you worship God? Or did you sit in the room and go, man, my back hurts or my leg hurts? Or, man, that person doesn't sing that song as well as I could or they could. And, you know, I didn't like the way that note came or that slide was too busy. Or did you just get lost in the presence of God this morning? Folks, how aware are you when you are worshiping him of his presence? Ecclesiastes 5.7 says, Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. When is the last time you walked into a room and you were just struck by the beauty of God. You almost couldn't even move because you were that in awe. The word awe gives me the feeling of I was just hit by a truck like a deer in headlights. I am just standing there going, I can't even move. I am so awed. I am so wild. I am so extremely aware of what God's doing. Holy cow, what is he doing? Man, much words is meaningless, it says. Stand in awe of God. Second thing. Awareness comes from Scripture. God has given us His words so that you and I may read it, memorize it, apply it, understand it. Man, you and I have been given God's love letter so that we could take a hold of it. Man, it's the number one most sold book in the world, not because it's been popular, not because a couple people thought it was cool. No, because it's the 100 inspired Word of God. Amen? It is the living word of God. It is the thing that reveals himself to us. And the statistics, I don't know how you do with reading it, but statistics tell us the majority of us don't read it at all. And those of us that do spend more more than seven minutes a day in it. This is his book. This is his life. This is his love story. Man, I, as a kid, I really loved it. I loved finding my friend's love letters on the floor. I loved it. I loved the juice that was in it. I love all the problems they were having or all the things they were fixing. It was like I found a golden nugget when I found that love letter. And then I could be like, ha ha, I found your love letter. It was just fun. I enjoyed it. And God's going, man, I wrote this love letter for you and I have made it available to you just about in any language, any translation, it's available to you. It doesn't cost much. You can even get them for free. He's going, here, take it. I am making it available to you and accessible to you. Yet the whole world spends less than seven minutes a day in it for the majority of us. Christians, if we want to be aware of them, we've got to engage in his word. 
We've got to meditate on it. Man, in Psalms 119, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? How can we live the life that God intended us to live? By living according to your word, I seek you with all of my heart, the psalmist writes. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, folks, the Bible wasn't written for God. God doesn't wake up and go, well, I better read the Bible and make sure that I remember my part today. It has no relevance to how he is. Man, the Bible was written for you and I so that we could see the struggles and the hurts and the successes of people and how God intervened in those ways and showed them faithful. Man, he, he showed them how they could be successful, how they could rebound, how they could go from hurting to hopeful, how they could go from lost to found. That's what the Bible's about. And he's given us that same Bible so that we could read it and he could reveal himself to us. How are you doing with God when it comes to reading your Bible? The third way I think awareness comes from prayer. Awareness comes from prayer. See, folks, prayer is another one of those things that God did for us. Again, I love to say this because I think it just puts it into perspective. God this morning is not sitting here going, well, as long as this half of the room prays, I can claim my godliness today. You see, folks, this is the real blunt reality. Us praying has no contingency on his glory this morning. It doesn't matter if one of us showed up or 5,000 of us showed up this morning. He is still the same God he was yesterday that he promises to be today and he will be tomorrow. Amen? And it has nothing to do with you and I. So that just tells us he loves us so much. He gave us the opportunity to communicate with him. Folks, that's what prayer is. It's you and I having the opportunity to go into dialogue with a risen Savior. Man, to go into dialogue with someone who knows us by name and is, we are wor- he is worthy of being our master. And he's going, hey, listen, I've given this to you so that you can talk to me. Man, it's like my wife and I, every once in a while, I'll take a youth trip or something that she can't be a part of. And uh, sometimes our, my day gets busy and I get distracted and I'm doing a million things. And I might shoot her a text in the morning that says, hey, how you doing? I love you. I'm alive. I'll talk to you later. And it goes all day without talking to me. And when I finally call her at night she goes where have you been all day and in my mind I'm sitting there going I was at a youth trip you know where I've been she goes no I don't know I haven't heard from you in the last 12 hours I have no idea what you're doing I didn't know if you were dead or alive I didn't know if you were doing what you could have been doing should have been doing I don't know if your trip's going well I have no idea about you why because we stopped talking our communication got slim and my awareness to her was gone she was unaware of what I was doing I was unaware of what she was doing and our relationship with God is the exact same way if we're not talking to him and we're not reading about him how in the world do we pretend to be aware of what he wants from us and what he's doing in us and around us. Folks, awareness comes from our ability to tap into the things that God has given us. Folks, how are you doing with that? Man, are you saturating yourselves with the awareness of the king? Man, he's given us worship and he's given us Bible and he's given us prayer and he's not asking us to do any more than just engage in it so that we could be aware of him and he could be aware of us. It says in Jeremiah 33, this is what the Lord says, he who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord in his name, pray to me, I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I think it's worth it again. This is what the Lord says, he who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Pray to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You see, folks, when you and I pray, he reveals to us things we had no idea about. How aware are you of the presence of the king? When's the last time you've been told something you had no idea about by the king? Folks, if we walked in not expecting anything, don't be surprised when you get 
nothing. You've got to be aware of his presence in your life. Second thing, I think we need to saturate ourselves with thankfulness. Thankfulness for his provisions. When's the last time you took a moment and you just sat back and went, God, thank you for providing. God, thank you for being bigger than me. God, thank you for being more aware of my needs than I was. Man, I recognize we live in a world of crime and hate and perversity, and it's the worst thing in the world. And I know that today you and I could flip on the radio on our way out of here, and there's already a million things that have happened in the world around us that we could look at and throw our hands in the air and go, Psh, this world is a lost cause. This is horrible. And I know that we could all sit here today and go, just hold on tight. Jesus is coming soon. But I think God's going, no, don't just hold on tight. Man, get thankful for what I am providing. Get hopeful for what I am providing so that you can be saturated with me so that all men might be saved, like the song said. Fill me so that all men might be saved. He's going, man, get thankful for the things I do provide. When's the last time you sat back and went, man, I'm in an air-conditioned building with lights on and I have clothes on and my stomach might feel hungry, but it's not in pain and I'm not bloated because I lack food. Man, I, I have, might have bad health, but I'm in good enough health where I am getting to corporately worship the king this morning with people. I have made my way here. And man, I wonder, when's the last time you sat back and went, God, you gave me life today, and I'm thankful for the little things. Folks, how thankful are you for what he's provided? Man, we live in a world that just concentrates on all the things they don't have. And God's going, when will you become a church, a body, a believer, someone who knows me and just goes, God, you are giving me whatever I need. Oprah says it this way. She says, be thankful for what you have and you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you'll never, ever have enough. Man, that's so true. Folks, this morning, is what's filling you the things you don't have? Or are you getting full on the things that you do have? Because it's amazing what that little perspective change will do for our walk. It's amazing what it will do for our life and what it will do for the lives of those around us. And just for a couple seconds, I want to show you this video. And the video is, there's no volume to it. We're going to bring the lights down. And I just want you to watch. It's just about the simple things that we often, overmit, that we often miss. And as we do that, I want you to think in your mind, just think of one or two things this morning that you can be thankful for that maybe you don't ever think about. Maybe it takes this moment coming here and beginning to look at it, think about it, for that one or two things that maybe you got up this morning and you took it for granted. What's that one thing this morning that you can be thankful for that you didn't think about? Check this video out.
1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Folks, how thankful are you this morning? Because here's the deal. If we really desire to have a pure heart like Christ, if we really desire to be pure in Him, we have to pour out of us thankfulness. Man, because that's what's pouring into us. Folks, we've got to begin to be saturated with thankfulness in our life. How thankful are you for the things you have? And maybe even thankful for the things you don't have this morning. The third thing I think we need to do is saturate ourselves with willingness. Willingness to take the next step. You see, once you and I become aware of God's presence in our life, and we become thankful for the things he's provided, our natural step is to willingly accept the next right thing. We are now in a position to take the next step in our life. You see, folks, the Christian life is about figuring it out inwardly. It is. But just as much inward as it is about outward. And God is calling you and I to step out and do some type of outward expression in our life. Man, what is that next step for you? What is that next thing that you need to do? Bottom line, each of our steps will be different. Everyone has a different step. And maybe your next step is saying, God, I just need to depend on you. Maybe your next step is going, God, you know, I just need to know that you are my all in all and I find my value in you. I don't need to find it in what I look like or what I don't look like or what I have or what I don't have. I just need to get lost in you and find every piece of appreciation and value from you. Maybe that's you. Maybe your next step this morning is going, man, I need to become more aware of him. I need to do better with the way I worship. I need to come to church with an expectation of getting something rather than just checking it off my list. I need to be more aware of you by praying or reading my word. Man, I need to become more aware of your presence in my life. Maybe your next step is something different. Maybe your next step is, I need to get involved in my local church. I need to get involved in this place, Florida Bible. I need to stop coming to the church and start being the church. I need to find a place for me. Man, I need to get plugged in somehow. I need to join a small group. I need to do something that gives me the ability to keep walking and taking the next step. Man, maybe your next step is reaching out to a neighbor or a friend or a coworker with the gift of Jesus Christ. Maybe that's your next step. Is just saying, man, I need to be a witness for you. I need to stop clinging to this hope. And I need to share it with somebody else. Guys, I don't know what your next step is. I have no idea how to put the next foot out and say, this is where you need to go. I don't know what level you need to move to. I don't know. But here's what I do know. That God is with you wherever you go. He tells us in Proverbs 3, he says, man, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, but acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Man, what does that tell us? It tells us, man, whatever step you take, if it's about him, he's going to lead you where you need to go. He's going, man, just get the will and the ability and put your foot out there and I'll put it in whatever direction I want it. Folks, we need to have a willingness to take the next step. I challenge you this morning, step up and begin recognizing God's presence in your life. Man, begin to worship him and read and memorize scripture. Begin to pray to him without ceasing. Man, create a heart that is thankful for what he's provided. And be willing to do whatever it is that God is calling you and has planned for you. Man, the Bible says, I have plans for you. And there are plans of hope and a future, not of destruction or harm. Man, he says, man, I want to lead you. I want to take you and give you life and life to the fullest this morning. I guarantee you, if we truly allow God to saturate our life, he will give us and take us wherever we needed to go and with whatever we needed to go there. Folks, my question for you this morning is what has grabbed your heart? Is it the things of this world? 
Man, does it have your life looking blurry and polluted? Or is it the things of heaven going, God, please just saturate me. Just pour on me. God, give me hope. Man, I said it a little earlier, Psalms 51. David just says, God, please purify my heart. He says, oh, God, please give me a renewed steadfast love for you. And I wonder this morning, is that your heart beat? And maybe you're sitting here going, John, I'm a little bit polluted. Man, I've bought into that, and honestly, quite frankly, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know what to do. And maybe your life kind of looks like that this morning. You're going, John, how do I get back to this? I just don't know. And I think God is just screaming at us, going, man, you know what's great about Jesus? Is his love never fails. His mercy never ends. His grace is always sufficient. Amen. And he goes, man, just start leaning in on me and allow me to saturate your life. He's going, man, if it's awareness for you, become more awareness, more aware of me. Man, if it's prayer for you, start praying more to me. If it's, if it's, you know, you need to start reading my word and my love story and being aware of what I'm doing, then do that. Man, maybe for you, it's just becoming thankful for who you are, for who I am in your life. And maybe you just need to start being thankful for the little things. He's going, man, just let me flood you. Let me just pour into you and just saturate you with an unbelievable love that you cannot fathom or get from anyone else. And here's the great thing about Jesus. When he floods us, he cleans us. Amen? Folks, what's grabbed your heart this morning? Is this something of the world going, man, I, all I have to offer you is pour in and it stays? Or have you and I found a place where we can say, God, please, God, please purify my heart. Give me a renewed love for you. Maybe that's your cry this morning. And God's going, just open up. And I love the movie Facing the Giants and that part where he says, man, do you really think we're going to get rain? And the guy goes, I don't think it's a matter of whether we're going to get rain. It's a matter of are you ready for it? Because here's the deal, I believe God's pouring out all over the place in here. And some of us are just not ready for it. And I want to ask you this morning, what is it going to take for you to experience the saturation of Jesus Christ this morning? What is it going to take for you to be flooded and poured out on like never before? Folks, I don't know if you're like me, but when I go to the gas station and I start filling up my car... And that little thing clicks. I have a truck, and it usually gets somewhere around $100. And by the time it clicks, that's where it's at. And I usually look at it and go, well, what's 101? And I'm like, it's no way it's full. And so I start, like, you know, squeezing it, and it's tapping me out. I'm going, it can't be full. And so I start pulling the thing out a little bit. And undoubtedly, before we know it, the gas has just poured out the side of the car, and it's gotten all over me. And I'm trying to get the little thing that cleans the windows to clean the car, and I'm doing all that. And I get in the car, and my wife's like, oh, gosh, I smell it, you know? You know what, God's life and God's love is the same exact way. And he doesn't want to just fill you. He wants to overflow you. And when God overflows you, the whole world knows it. Man, there's just this aroma that goes with you. Man, when I get out of my car, it still smells like gas when I get back in it in the morning because there's something about gasoline, that smell goes with you. Like I took two showers, I still smell the gas in my hands. It's just there and I feel like it's never going to go away. And the love of God and the grace of God and his pouring on you and his saturation on you is the same way. It will not only affect you, it will affect the lives around you and wherever you go because that stench and that smell and that stain is there to stay, amen? Folks, what is it going to take? To let him grab your heart. Because here's what I know. Whatever grabs your heart leads your life. God, I love you so much and I thank you. And God, my prayer this morning 
is that you are what's leading our life. God, I know that we live in a, just a messed up world. But God, I also know that you're the only thing that offers us hope that lasts forever. And God, I don't know who you brought in this morning, but I know you brought him for such a time as this. And my prayer, my heartbeat, and my plead, and my beg is that you would do something radical and extreme in their life so that they can leave this room not like they walked in it. Because God, if we got this far and we've done nothing, we wasted our time even being here. God, my prayer is that we would find ourselves more aware of you, that we'd engage in your worship, that we begin to read your word and pray to you daily. God, that we would create an attitude that says, I want to pray without ceasing, that we become thankful for the things we have and not just what we don't have. And God, more importantly, we'd step out and take the next step right now, right here in this moment. God, I love you. Pour on us. Saturate us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Here at Father Bible Church, we believe the first and most important step in life's journey is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So the question is, how about you? If you haven't started this relationship, you can use this model prayer. Jesus, I do want to begin a relationship with you. I know that I have sinned against you and cannot save myself. So right now, I ask for your forgiveness of all my sins and I accept you as my personal Savior, believing that you died on the cross and paid for all my sins. Forgive me now and please give to me your precious gift of eternal life. Amen. You can find this prayer along with more detailed information on our website at www.floridabible.org. Just click the Beginning a Relationship with Jesus button. There you will also learn more about us and find the next steps for a Christ follower. Thanks again for listening to Living Life with Purpose.